Hey out there, this is Nat Hall and I have Chad Bartling right here on Walkman Whisperers. We have got a great show for you tonight. Unfortunately, the Greg Meister, he's not able to be with us tonight, Chad, but we're going to have yeah, a go of it tonight, all... aren't we? Yep, we are. He had a, he went all Jimmy off on us. <laughs> hey, you know what? Wild women, wild song, <coughs> that guy, you just never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe that's what he did. Maybe he went Aussie on us. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, there weren't any local bats to bite the heads off of, but uh, who knows? We'll we'll find that out in the uh, in the uh, basically the I don't know the police files tomorrow. Yeah, we'll check it out. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a great topic tonight. Matter of fact, myself and Chad, we actually have something in common that not a lot of people have in common, but. It is a huge part of life, isn't it, Chad? Yes, yes, very much. Um, uh, absolutely. I've. Uh, it's something that we were lucky enough to carry on past our KPSU DJ days, and uh, that's worked out real well. It sure has. And you are saying to yourself right now, self, pray tell, what are they talking about? Well, of course, let me tell you right now, both Chad and I, we have been those in-house announcer dudes that, well, when it comes down to it, Chad, either make or break an event, right? Right, right, absolutely. You know, there is nothing worse than you go to a live event, everybody's hyped, uh, there may be a, what shall I say, an amber cola or two involved, uh, a brewski involved, maybe, for those out there a all wheat, anticipating. Wheat smoothie? <laughs> <laughs> a wheat smoothie, yes. It's all about health. It's all about health. Non-GMO, yes. yeah, non-gluten wheat smoothie. There we go. <laughs> I love it. Amen. Amen. But but when it comes down to it, when you go to an event, you're there, you're hyped, you got your family, you've got friends, whatever that event is. When you get there, no matter what that event is, a live event, we're talking live events here, when you're there... One of the things that make or break, it's either an awesome deal or it's a sunk waste of time. I just wasted a hundred bucks, whatever. Many times it's that in-stadium announcer who really makes that event something special. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the great, yep. And you know, there are all kinds of live events. So Chad, if I can uh, get you, uh, tell us what type of live events have you broadcast or been the announcer for? Uh, <clears throat> well, to put it quite simply, the most amateur thing that I've done, which they're both kind of amateur, but uh, <clears throat> we had a remote control car club that uh, we raced uh, we raced cars on, and uh, I always tried to keep people entertained with that. That <clears throat> that didn't go very long, but that that <laughs> adds on to my my other thing here. Uh, the local drag strip it's local to me now it was about 40 miles away <clears throat> when i lived in grand island but uh I, <clears throat> I spent a lot of time announcing out there for several years probably you know 99 98 97 99 2000 and then again in 2007 and 2008 or 2005 2006 something like that um <clears throat> it always seemed to be something family uh <clears throat> When I say family-related, uh, <clears throat> I had to quit announcing the first time because I was starting my family, and then I quit announcing the second time because I got a divorce. But oh, <laughs> <clears throat> I did get to go gotcha. out there 
one weekend this year and announce one of their special events. So that was pretty cool. Oh, that is awesome. And, hey, those guys and those gals who have gone out to drag racing or sports racing, any type of a race where that involves uh, cars, motorcycles, up here in Alaska, snowmobiles and four-wheelers and things like that, you know, it is such an adrenaline rush to be there to see. You know, I got the need for speed, and you know it, it's oh, yeah. it's it's so amazing. But I got to tell you, so like Chad, when he does the announcing for drag races, I my one of my earliest memories. I love cars. I love racing. One of my earliest memories. I don't even know who the the dude was, but watching when I was a kid, because my dad liked drag racing, we watched on ABC's Wide World of Sports or something like that. There was a guy that was announcing and was Big Daddy Don Garlitz on the track. Oh, man, he made it. I felt like I was sitting in the stands with him. Yeah, those guys got really excited. They really did. That was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, and it just was such an adrenaline boost and just a pump that it was is amazing. So, Chad, when it comes down to racing, calling a race, I mean, so a drag race, and what's that, five, six, seven seconds? I mean, how do you uh, prep that? <clears throat> well, you don't. I mean, I was lucky enough to have a little bit of background in it, and what we did most of was uh, they call it bracket racing. So it's it's designed to give any car a fair chance. Um, you could take grandma's station wagon out there and run against a dragster. And if you, you know, if your car was consistent and you ran the same times, the tree was always set up that you left, you left the tree in a manner that whoever left the, left the soonest without red lighting had the best chance of getting to the finish line first. And ah. then, but if the car, the slower car runs faster than the dial in the time that they've predicted on their window, then they're out. <clears throat> okay. So they call that a breakout. And, uh, but it is designed to be grassroots drag racing. It's supposed to keep the expenses down. And, and basically what happens is you take mom's station wagon out there for a couple of years and then you're hooked and you got to get your own car. And you got to get faster, and you got to get faster. And, <laughs> yeah. um, but I'll tell you what's seen a big resurgence lately is what you're talking about. The, the heads-up drag racing, where the light comes down, both cars leave, first guy to the finish line with the most horsepower and traction gets to the other end first, wins. And uh, that's, something that, that's something that just came about. Um, I don't know if you listened to the... the um, the podcast that just Greg and I did when we were talking about drag racing or a little bit of drag racing. Um, it's something that it's always existed. The NHRA has had it for years and years, top fuel drag racing, top fuel, funny cars, pro stock, that kind of stuff. But the NHRA is starting to get real stagnant. It's a bunch of, you know, it's a bunch of pocketbook racing <clears throat> and people think it's out of, out of reach. Well, this new show or new, it's not new anymore. It's 13 seasons old, seven years old, something like that. But Street Outlaws on Discovery Channel. Um, oh, yeah. It's about, uh, you know, illegal street racers. And no, don't get me wrong. What they do, what they've always done in the show is they've been on a permitted road. But 
there is definitely a street racing scene away from the show. <clears throat> there, I've seen a lot of those guys at street races in Kansas City, Tulsa, all kinds of different places. They're real street racers, for sure. But uh, that show's branched off to a show called No Prep Kings, and people want to know what No Prep is. Most dra- Almost every drag strip you go to spends a good portion of the morning spraying traction compound down so that the cars have the best opportunity to not spin the tires when they leave the tree and that kind of stuff, which makes your car inconsistent. <clears throat> well, in no prep, they don't do any of that. They don't prep the track. They might go down mm. with a broom, you know, a sweeper or something like that, and it's supposed to simulate street conditions. Um, it's starting to become a cubic dollar event already, too, but it's brought it's brought thousands of people that had cars you know, 20 years ago that just don't like drag racing anymore because bracket racing got too hard or, you know, they Mm -hmm. just didn't have the money to run with this or run with that. And these no preps and these heads up races that they're doing, they're bringing all kinds of people out. It's exciting again. And guys are getting these cars out and, and making a run at it. And that, you know, the next thing is you got a lot of these uh, big races, they're racing for, 10, 15, 20, 40,000 dollars to win. You know, you can't win that even at a gigantic NHRA national event. They don't make that kind of money. So, right. It's a it's it's a very exciting sport. And I love bracket racing cuz that's where that's where dad and I started and you know, it's always been something I was going to do. I like the heads up stuff, but it it eventually becomes a cubic dollar event as they call it. You know, a lot of times, right. it's like you got the money to spend on the bigger, better stuff you're going to win. But there's also something to be said about if you work harder, you're going to figure out how to make it fast. So, anyway, my <clears throat> my inside perspective on that side of it makes it a lot easier for me to broadcast or you know to explain to the audience and to kind of keep them engaged. You know, right, right. Well, you know, um, so that type of that type of uh, racing. Now, both you and I went to Oklahoma Panhandle State University, and so the Oklahoma Panhandle, that five states area kind of there, I remember, and I went to a couple events. There was one in Liberal. I remember a racetrack out there, Kansas, Liberal, Kansas, one in Beaver, Oklahoma. I mean, this was kind of great stuff out there, and and I'd hear about different guys that would take their cars, you know, pretty nice rigs out there and and just go for it. Now, I think Beaver was a circle track, wasn't it? It was, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I never, uh, I do, I do enjoy circle track racing. I've never got to announce any of that stuff, but, mm. but uh, yeah, it's yeah, really cool. It's a good time. I love, now, I love dirt track. Now, Chad, do you think one of the uh, again? It's always been kind of out there. A lot of people enjoy it, but did it really become mainstream, or at least it reached a whole new audience when Fast and Furious came out about street racing and about things like that? It, uh, yeah, as, as corny as those movies are, and to a real car guy, they're absolutely ridiculous, but, <laughs> right. but you know, it brought a whole new generation of people out there, and, and it, it brought, I like to call them the fart can crowd out, where they, <laughs> they're driving their, their Hondas with the gigantic uh, coffee can exhaust on them and that kind of stuff, but, you know, the, the true spirit's still there. That's what was yes. available. Those were the those are the five hundred dollar cars. You know, 
those were the cars that you bought. You fixed them up. You made them fast. Um, That's right. You know, there's a long time that, you know, everybody, like in Grand Island, everybody's grabbing up all the Monte Carlos and the Malibus and the Novas, and they're cutting them up and driving them on the dirt track. You know, so all these kids, yeah. you know, that came around about that time, that's the stuff they wanted. Supras, Hondas, you know, Mazdas, that kind of stuff. Volkswagens. That just never sounds right when I say that, but, <laughs> but it's true. There are some right. ridiculously fast Volkswagens out there. They're just liquid-cooled. We're, you know, when we talk about Volkswagens, we're thinking an air-cooled bug or something. But Right. Well, <laughs> the rabbits and the golfs have evolved an awful lot and there's lots and lots of there's still lots of support out there for it but but it's like it's like all of a sudden though all these you know all these cars i was just talking about monte carlos malibus um s10 is a favorite an s10 pickup you know um all of a sudden these cars are starting to show back up you know these Mm. cars that people packed away in their garages they're they're either going to sell them or they're going to race them it's kind of an interesting interesting situation i have an s10 pickup that i would kind of like to build but i also have the wagon and you know how i like to do things the hard way you know the wagon weighs almost five thousand pounds it's not really well suited for that but Mm. still it'd still be kind of fun (laughs) it sounds like (laughs) you know uh when it comes down to announcing you know car events and things like that you've got me completely on drag racing you know that type of racing but my experience with in-house stadium announcer, the two, the only two times I've done this was some of the most fun, amazing, just electric moments of my life. It was yes. when I was the in-stadium announcer in Guyman, Oklahoma for the Crash Up Derby, the Demolition oh, Derby. Yes, that's it was awesome. The, it was so great. I had so much fun. It was so blazing hot. I was just dying. But you know what? <laughs> they said, Nat, we like what you do. Because I've done a lot of sports broadcasting. Right. And, you know, I, right. like, I like volunteering and things like that. People know I have motor mouth. And, of course, like you and I, radio guys always have the perfect face for radio. You know, for, hey, <laughs> right. yep. you got a perfect face for doing vocals only. <laughs> you know, so. But right. uh, with the greatest. Right. <laughs> but the guys there, I, I will never forget it twice. I have done uh, the Demolition Derbies in Gaiman, and they said, Nat, you know what? I mean, we'll let you in for free, and how are we going to pay you? Say, what do you think about having all the beer you can drink during the event? I said, done. <laughs> it's yep, going to happen. In. Oh, and, and it was, they, they brought me up a cooler of beer and a couple hot dogs, and they said, have at it. And, oh, the greatest time I've ever had was doing those two Demolition Derbies in Gaiman. Oh, I bet. That I'm jealous. That would be a good time. That would that would oh, be an absolute blast. And you know, so well organized. And there was a lot of local racers, you know, from around and then non local racers. They brought guys right. up from oh, yeah. Dallas and Lubbock and Yeah. All over the place. That, that's another sport that's becoming a whole different ball game now. You know, you get on YouTube and these people they're having ten thousand dollar to win demolition derbies. And it's but, okay, so here's my complaint about that. When we used to go to demolition derbies, cars came in looking like cars, and they left looking destroyed. Now they come in looking like shit, like they're all bent up and 
and but they go out looking exactly the same. And right, it's, it's like I don't know how I feel about that. But anyway, um, but you know, you talk about that. Now you've got me beat in the stadium announcing though, because you used to announce for the Amarillo Danger. Is that what was the Amarillo's? I'm sorry. Is that Arena Football is the Amarillo Dusters? Dusters. I'm sorry. I think it's. I think uh, Grand Islands is the danger, actually. The Nebraska danger. You're yeah. right. You're yeah, right. Yeah. My bad. I'm sorry. But. Indoor football. No, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I I have done far more team events, like, you know, traditional stuff, uh, football, basketball, baseball, and my favorite of the team events, calling those Amarillo Duster games. I did it for two years, and it was such a blast because I was a play-by-play guy, uh, I usually had a color guy there at the home games, but when I traveled with the team, and that was a blast going with the team, was right. we'd, tr- we'd travel in this bus, and here I am. Uh, you know, I'm up with the bus driver and the coaches, and these monsters are in this giant sleeper <laughs> bus. Uh, I'm telling you what, the oxygen level was pretty low. The methane level was pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> no matter where we went. But... <coughs> Uh, you know, doing Sounds those like a type of normal events. Saturday night. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. And, uh, yeah, so doing arena football was a blast, but my very favorite of all was I was the play-by-play guy for the OPSU, the o- Oklahoma Panel State University Aggies football and oh, basketball yeah. teams. And yeah. I just love that. But And, again, my favorite was that, but I believe the most fun I had was when I was doing Friday night football. Uh, oh yeah, all around the Panhandle and yep. going to little bitty places. You know, you go to Balco. Balco. There's like <laughs> nothing out there. But then uh-huh. Hardesty or Hardesty Yarbrough comes into town. This is right. this is eight man football, and yep. it doesn't get any better than that because there's not a lot of folks out there. But they are fierce loyalists to their team. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. I'll, be, I'll bet that was more fun than what I thought it was. I grew up in Guyman. I'm a Guyman Tiger. Um, I went to the football games. I never watched, I don't think, more than 20 plays in 10 years. Um, you know, <laughs> it was all about hanging out up on the top side of the bleachers and trying to talk to girls. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you just ended up hanging out with your friends and, you know, doing all the same stupid stuff everybody else did. But <clears throat> I, uh, I am... Yeah, I, I have to admit, I am a Gaiman Tiger. I, I've always loved the team, and and uh, I think I went to one of the state, uh, the state tournament games when I was a senior. Uh, it turned out to be the one we lost, but. <laughs> oh yes, nineteen eighty-seven, <clears throat> wasn't it? When Gaiman Tigers went to the state finals. Uh, well, if it was my senior year, it would have been nineteen. Oh, ninety. Oh. I think in '87 we might have won it. It was '87 or '80. It was '87 or '88 that we won it. You may have been and a state champ I've, or runner-up, but it was an '87. I probably got I remember a, Brent Clark yeah. telling me that. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was '88 that we won. Mm, okay. I think I'm. Pre- I'm pretty right sure. But uh, yeah, I. It, uh, uh, it's a long, yeah. It's one of those things. We lost a guy, uh, uh, Tom Watkins was his name, and everybody wanted to win that championship for him. And 
I think he was I think he was a year of eighty eight guy and I think that's the year they won it. So mm. I don't know. I there's gonna be everybody that listens to this podcast is gonna know but me. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> feel free to chime in on my ignorance. I'll I'll take it. And oh they shall. <laughs> yeah, they're welcome to it. <laughs> yeah. Well good, yeah. It's yeah, so sports broadcasting I've done a lot of. And you know, my start, like your start. I did it well. I did a tiny bit in high school in Alaska. Uh, I was oh, okay. able to do a little bit of volunteer work at a local radio station in, in rural Alaska. But then when I came down to the Panhandle, that's when you and I and Greg and several others, April and yeah, Amy Tina and yep. Tina Ray and all kinds of great broadcasters, great right. college broadcasters, great friends, and Brent you know, Firestone. <laughs> Brent Firestone. There you go. And uh, hey, the Madman. Nobody oh, had a radio absolutely. show like the Madman. That's right. And if that's right. And if he's listening, he knows who he is. <laughs> oh, he will be. He will be. I'll send him. Oh, right. I send him to him. All of them. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. He had the most. And I, I Crane, Greg Crane, makes me just crack up. He he's the greatest college, or not even college, just radio DJ I have I ever heard, bar none. I agree. I agree. And and he described. You know, the Madman's radio show the best is, you know, where else can you listen to a little Tennessee Ernie Ford and then <laughs> Cannibal Corpse and then Madonna? Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Only there. <laughs> only That's the only place you'll ever hear it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's where my big start was as I was doing, oh, sure. you know, just like you, we, we all started with our radio career there and had opportunities because it just kind of got well-known. Hey, I hear you do a little right. college radio. Would you like to try a yep. sports event? And I went, okay. Sure, <laughs> sure. I actually worked at an AM radio station for a short time. Oh, okay. <clears throat> After I, I can't remember. I was married for a little while. We didn't have kids. And I did a Saturday night overnight at a an AM radio station. Basically, right. I had to... They played Bruce Williams, uh, TalkNet, and uh, okay. you know some of that other <laughs> stuff. And you got on, you did like four uh, radio weather spots, and it just played in the rotation for you. You just had to kind of hang out there and make sure everything did what it was supposed to. So, right, right. But uh, then yep. it was after that that I got into the into the announcer booth at the drag strip. So yeah, it was kind of cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, I was able to really, like I said, just kind of had those moments where people heard you and kind of like, hey, would you like to try this? And and uh, I was lucky that I was able to get a hold of KGYN right there in Gaiman, Oklahoma. Yep. And jumping Jim Smith. You know, Jim Smith, he was the guy that said, hey, yep. how'd you like to do sports for us? And I went, yeah. I'm in. They paid yep. me 25 bucks a game and they paid for all my food and gas. I was like, all right, here we go. You can't beat that. I uh I used to do a Sunday morning radio show there once in a while for my church. And basically mm. the guy that the guy that did my stuff was Michael Patterson, the high school speech yes. and debate guy. And yes. basically he had the guy. he had the records and I had to read off a sheet of paper. KGYN was not even a half mile from my house at that point. So I just uh. Wouldn't even comb my hair. I'd just get out of bed, drive the El Camino down there, do the radio show, drive the El Camino home, go back to bed. <laughs> <coughs> there you go. Man, El Camino, there you go. Rolling in style. 
Hey, uh, mullet I, mobile. I, <laughs> there you go. And you know, so KGYN was a great radio start for me, but then KKBS, right there, the boss in Guyman, yeah. also allowed me to do uh, not only I did some morning stuff with them, which was a blast. Oh, was really? A young man named oh, Brian. Awesome. Yeah, young guy named Brian. We would do a. It, it was such a ridiculous morning show. Uh, we did the Forrest Gump and Julia Child's morning show. I was Julia Child's, oh. and he was Forrest Gump, and he was good at it. Well, so, but then, but from that, I had a chance to actually call. <coughs> I was a play-by-play guy for the Elkhart Dusters, the semi-pro baseball team. Oh, oh and, or done. the college league baseball team. So that. That was another phenomenal summer. Matter of fact, one of your friends, uh, Jana Scott, she worked at the radio station as well. Uh, or at least a Guyman Tiger alumni, Jana Scott. Yeah, I, had, uh, I'm familiar. Uh, yeah. I know the yeah, name she, and I, I know she, who she was. but Yeah, Jana Stepp now, Joe Stepp. Yes. Is her, Joe and yep. Janice Stepp have been married a long time. Great yep. couple. But again, you know, strolling down memory lane here, it was just such a great time. With those introductions, just right place, right time. No internet back then, really. So we're just right. sort of the right place at the right time. Yeah. And just uh, really turned it into something special. And had and still, today, I'm 50 years old. I still do high school basketball here in rural Alaska. I'm the play-by-play guy for a local high school team. So I just I can't get away Hell from yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. Well, and, if, I, if I had a choice, I'd still be doing some of it, you know. My yes. wife was real supportive. They, uh, I, uh, you know, doing the heads up thing was one thing. There's some talk, there was some talk about maybe needing a full time guy at that point, but they, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know if you've noticed, but sometimes announcer type people can be kind of territorial. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> yes. And yes. Uh, so they already had a guy that's been doing it, and he decided he was going to stay doing it. So I just got to run up there and do the heads up stuff only, and then I had to go back downstairs. But oh, <clears throat> that was right. that was fine with me. It's just kind of funny how that works. <clears throat> but uh, no, it's pretty cool. And you know, we talk about some of this stuff. And <clears throat> you went to a uh, college reunion earlier this year, correct? I did in April. It was my twenty-fifth year reunion. Right um, in. Oklahoma City on Labor Day weekend, the class of 89 is having a reunion. Now, I didn't graduate in 89, but they have elected to uh, they have elected to invite all years. So it's their 30th. Next year is my 30th. But <coughs> a buddy of mine, Chris Wacker, has talked me into going down to Oklahoma City for this thing. And so we'll be going down right. there um, in a couple weeks. And I'm actually as excited as I've ever been to get to go down there. So, I tell you, I'm so glad you're going, Chad, because that 25th year anniversary, or not anniversary, uh, reunion for yeah. OPSU for me was such a great time. I saw some old faces, hadn't seen in a long time, just, just walking around, just the event. It's just so amazing. Right. I came down from Alaska, and my wife yeah. came with me and got to meet a lot of my old friends, and... And then I went to my 30th high school reunion for Nome High School, uh, Nome Belts High School, and that was a couple years ago when I did that. It's worth it. I highly encourage everybody, 
please go do it. It's worth the time. Right. And it's worth the trip. Yeah, I totally agree. My, like a lot of people I know, they're like, I don't. I I left that place. I don't want to see those people. I'm like, well, but you got to remember, you did grow up and become somewhat of who you are because of those people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I've never turned one down, but like we didn't. We either didn't have a 25th, or I never heard about it. So, <laughs> okay. You know, if we have a 30th, I'll go back to Guyman for it or wherever they're going to have it. But, um, but I'm going to take the chance to get down here and see these guys. I, I don't get to do it near enough anymore. So it's a, uh, I'm real excited about it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yep, it was it was by far well worth it for me for both the high school and the college because you know I can understand that sentiment of somebody saying I don't want to go if you were at a monstrous high school with 1,500, 2,000 graduating sure. seniors, that's different. Right. But if you're at a small school, like my high right. school in Nome, Alaska, we had 48 graduates. And then when <laughs> yeah. at my my college, in, you know, our college at OPSU, I think yeah. we had, I don't know, maybe 150 walk. I knew everybody at the yeah. campus when I left in 1994. So, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, what's interesting is I made it back for your graduation. Yeah. Huh. I I didn't graduate, but I saw you graduate, and yeah, I'm trying to think of who else graduated. Was in it that uh, year? Michaela did Michaela graduate that year? She may have graduated that year as well. I think Michaela may have. Uh, there were several folks that did. Didn't know. Oh, if you I know. Knew Robin. I know Jamie did. Jamie Smith did. Yes, so. Jamie Smith did, and yeah, there was definitely a good array of Guyman High School graduates there for sure. Right. Right. Yeah, so yeah, it was pretty cool. So very, very highly recommended to go. But I'm yeah, telling so I Chad, I've got something for you here. So, of course, you've done lots of racing, in-house stadium announcing. I've done mostly sports and, you know, demolition derby. But I've got to tell you, the most amazing, it, it's in a separate category. There's nothing at all like it. I was very fortunate when I lived back in Guymon, Oklahoma from 2005 to 2008. Lived there for about almost four years. I was able to be the in-stadium, in-house announcer for the Midwest Muay Thai Championships that were held at the Pickle Creek Center there in Guymon. It was incredible. It was Muay Thai. Muay Thai fighting. Really? And it was held in Guymon. Back in 2000, I don't know, six or seven. Wow. One or the other. Talk about a rush. I was Michael Buffer oh. going, let's get ready to rumble. You know, oh, it was that is amazing. Awesome. That and is so awesome. when these fighters would come up, I'd get their name and I'd say, now fighting over in the red corner, it's, he's five foot seven, 145 pounds. He's out of. Da-da. It was amazing. It was so. Oh, fun. I bet. I bet that I've was a good never, time. I've never been a part of anything like that before or since, and I would love to again because oh, yeah. there is nothing like that in the world. Oh, you're right. You're right. That would be cool. Very cool. The the only time I've ever done anything like that, a, a mixed martial arts or a, a, well, that time it wasn't mixed martial arts. It was Muay Thai. Right. And it was the Midwest Muay Thai Championships right there in Guymon, Oklahoma. I'll be darned. Yeah, that would have been a sight to see, for sure. Oh, incredible. So 
that I, I I had to dress up. I had to go in there. I had the microphone. A pretty good sized crowd there in the Pickle Creek Center. Oh, I bet. Uh, it was it was exciting, and That's oh awesome. my gosh, it it was beyond mind blowing. That's fantastic. So that's uh, that's the pinnacle right there. That is the peak of my <laughs> broadcasting. It would be. It would be. I, I don't see how you could get much better than that. I'm telling you, I was. It was amazing. And uh, like I said, again, I volunteered for it. They said, "Hey, you can have food and drinks and things like that, but would you like to do this?" And I'm like, "If I can come for free and watch all of this, and then, and then simply announce everybody, I'm there." Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. The pay <coughs> is not what it's about. It's the experience, and that's right. what it was about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in now, my case, I, in drag racing, it's usually 110 degrees outside, and everybody <laughs> else is out there sitting in the sun. I'm in an air-conditioned tower just watching them go by. <laughs> there you go, sipping on that um, that wheat smoothie. And, uh, mm, no, <laughs> no wheat smoothies till after we're done. <laughs> Otherwise, oh, okay. it would probably get pretty ugly by the time it's all over. You'd be like, oh, all right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> uh, hey, who's that well, young lady? Never mind now. Let's get back to the action. Yep. All right. <coughs> but I got to tell you, Chad, we, yeah, so you and I definitely, you know, and, and again, uh, any listeners out there to the podcast, we would highly recommend if you have those kinds of dreams and aspirations believe it or not it's great if you just simply tell people i'm available it is remarkable how often you might be called well yeah i mean that's how i got the deal at the am radio station they were like i would you know i i knew my next door neighbor knew the guy and uh, i said i'd sure like to do some more of that and they're like well i know this guy i'll call him you know, and he says, well, yeah, yeah, have him come down and talk to me. And they had me make a tape right there. And a week later, I was working overnights on Saturday night, you know. Oh, there you um, go. There you go. You know, you never know. All you got to do is ask. Right, right. And, and that's it. And one of the great things, too, I don't know if you've had this opportunity, Chad, but I'm very fortunate that I have, is because of me kind of doing this a lot and kind of being out there, and I'm volunteering my time and stuff, but... My daughter has taken a, a keen interest in doing some of this with me. Right. And now, That's pretty cool. When she has opportunities, she actually gets on the radio with me because she's yeah. I've drug her around all these things. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. That's pretty neat. So, it is cool. Yeah. cool. But anyways, Chad, I, uh, I, I'm very happy. Thank you for letting me uh, take your time and mine. I mean, just wanted to oh, kind yeah. of tell everybody out there that... If they have an opportunity, if they have the desire, if they have the want, these organizations, these different places are always looking for volunteers, and you never know what it can lead to. So, Right. That's 100% true. You know, there was one year that I said I would announce, and they said, well, we, we've got a guy to do that. And I said, well, I can work in the burnout box. And they're like, yeah, go ahead. He says, well... We can always use someone to work in the burnout box. I worked in the burnout box for, uh, I don't know, four races, and the other guy quit. They're like, okay, time to go upstairs. <laughs> you know. Yep. So, that's yeah. right. But that's all it was for me was to be involved with the track, you know. Right. And, 
I was really probably overqualified to work in the burnout box, but every racer that was there appreciated me being there. So, you know, it was kind of cool. There you go. And and from (coughs) that, you had personal stories to tell about the racers. And you had that much more breadth of knowledge and experience. Great stuff to tell the audience, too, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, and like you said, you just, just get out there and ask. Just you never know who's going to be the right person to say something to. Don't be afraid to walk into that radio station. Don't be afraid to walk into that arena and say, hey, do you guys need some help with something? Or is there, you know, I'd kind of like to be involved with this. Is there anything I can do? You know? And yeah, you might right. be empty and trash for a while, but you just never know where it ends up. Right. Exactly right. Well, so Chad, I do have one question to ask you. Do you, were you at the intramur intramural rodeo that greg crane and i called one spring day what year was that probably 1991 or two when greg was at college with us right um 90 yeah i went to i went to one i went to the one that i had signed up for for the intramural bull riding and uh, I ended up not doing it. I had hurt my back previously, mm. and uh, it was highly recommended that I not get on a bull. And, you know, I didn't have anything to prove to the guys that did ride bulls. You know, wow. I wasn't, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to impress Brett Krauser if I got on, or Krauser? Is that his name? Brett Krauser? Who was that again? Krauser? Brett. Kr- Brett Crowder? Krauser? Oh, 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 oh. Um, oh, jeez. Now I, I can't thought, remember his last name, too. But uh, he, I thought yeah. sure it was Krauser, Local, but maybe not. Local rodeo there, right? Or local right. Uh, rodeo right. hero there at OPSU. Uh, yeah. Can't think. Anyways, Anyways yeah. Uh, him. If I did, I got there late because I was going out there to watch uh, James McDowell ride, and I missed him when I got out there. I'll tell you what. When I got out there... Um, there was only about three guys left. The guy that won it was the big, tall, red-headed cowboy named Clay. Mm. And he got stuck on some sort of, they called it the woolly mammoth. It was this really hairy bull that had short legs. And all it did was, when it jumped, all four legs went like this. And it went about that far off the ground. And he, like he won the whole thing because he stayed on it for eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hilarious. I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll never forget doing the one that Greg Crane and I did. So Greg and I were calling the intramural rodeo for OPSU, Oklahoma Panel State University. And so a lot of our friends were there. Got great, I mean, some really neat, good rides, too. You remember Wadonna Bond? You remember Wadonna Bond? I don't know if you knew her. She actually did really well. And, and right. uh, I remember Rico Thomas and Murray Gloud and just some of the football players actually getting out there trying things. And Gus Blackwell was out there also oh. trying to. <laughs> I missed you know, he I was must have missed. That must bat- not have been the one I went to. So Okay. <laughs> and we just had a great time. And Greg Crane. So all of our listeners out there know Greg is usually the one who leads this podcast. But he was in the finest form and fashion of all time. <laughs> Because the names, these fake names that he would come up with just on the spur of the moment for these bulls and these calves and things were amazing. And that yeah. I'll never forget, I believe, and I might be wrong, I'll, we actually have it recorded on cassettes, believe it or oh, not. Okay. And one of these events, there was this, 
bull that came out and it and he said something like and this bull this next bull coming up name is oprah because it's mean and nasty it lost 100 pounds last year it gained 120 pounds this year it's oprah (laughs) (laughs) and it was something of that nature and it was the greatest thing i i was cracking up i could not stop cracking up (coughs) Because of course Oprah's kind of done the yo-yo effect with her weight, but uh, oh, it yeah. was he—he he was on par and he was fantastic. He was amazing. Oh, that's our boy for sure. That's our—that's our boy, <laughs> Big Daddy Crane. That's him. Yep. <laughs> Heck right. yeah. Well, okay, Chad. I've had a lot of fun talking to you. We've been going at it for about forty minutes now, and you know, again. I guess the biggest takeaway, let me, what would you say to our listeners out there? What's the biggest takeaway from tonight? What would you encourage folks to do or to at least take away from this? I just feel like if you, you know, uh, like even if you feel like you missed out on something, uh, if there's something you'd like to be involved in down the road, it's, it's as simple as, let's say, even if you didn't have kids, and you wanted to kind of get involved with Pete with T-ball or softball or something like that. Those organizations, everybody needs help, you know. And it's not just about announcing or that kind of thing. If that's what you want to do, then start putting the word out, because it's exactly like you said. There are so many organizations out here right now that need help, and they either don't have funding to pay people, um, or they just don't know that there's people that want to do it. And the more you make your yeah. known that you want to do it, the, the quicker. And opportunities come from what might not be the greatest deal in the world. You know, it might not be. You know, you might think you're going to stand up there and set the world on fire, but you know, you might, you might. But that's pretty un- unusual. But it oh. usually turns into a, a better opportunity. So that's exactly right. Hey, that's a perfect takeaway from this. I mean, volunteerism, can't talk enough about it. That's where it's fun to do. And again, you know, it's not about you when you volunteer. It's about who you help, who you serve, kids out there, families out there. And and you hit it spot on. There are so many organizations that have so much to do. And you know the old 90-10 rule where 10% of the people do 90% of the work? They could really use a hand. And if they know you're out there and willing... Oh my gosh, you'll have opportunity. Absolutely. I agree. So since we're winding this down, <clears throat> what are you going to listen to? Ah, hey, I'm glad you asked. Okay, so, um, well, coming down to it, this last week, I had stated that I was going to listen to Hammerfall. It's a band yes. from Sweden. Hammerfall is, well, they've been around forever. They've been around since the 80s. But they're kind of that second, third tier kind of group. When they first came out, internet wasn't around, so you had to be, you know, getting those underground magazines to even know who they were and things like that for for metal and all that. But they have stayed the course with their music. Uh, They have stayed the course with. um, They're from Sweden, so they look very European, very Scandinavian. These dudes. Right. But it's to me, it's that kind of metal. It's like what they like to call traditional actually it's called traditional US power metal but it's lots of huge chords you know power chords and the guy's got a clean voice that can really hit the rafters he's phenomenal right. the guy's name is Joaquin Cans C A N S 
and this lead singer. Gotcha. And he's like probably 55, but he's still got the pipes like he did when he was 25. And just yeah. great, great band. Their latest album that I said I was going to listen to, uh, I caught a couple songs. I didn't listen to the whole album. It's called Oblivion, and it just came out this year. And the, the lead title track, Oblivion, I watched the YouTube video. It looks like kind of a gladiators slash set in Hades. <laughs> it's really kind of a, right. a cheesy kind of metal video, but it's just fun. It's cool. And a great tune. Yeah. I, I loved it. I had a blast. So so that yeah. was the tune that I listened to. and right. um, but, yeah, but the tune that you gave me and, and also Greg to listen to was right. a phenomenal tune, and I loved it. I was blown away by it. I'll let you introduce it in a moment, but I was yeah. absolutely shocked. I'd never heard of the band before, which to me, that's a little unusual because I'm really trying to hear all kinds of music, and <laughs> yeah. I, I had right. never heard them before, and it started out a little bit new metal, kind of, oh, kind of more modern metal, but then the guy started ripping, and the, they had... For three guys, for a three-piece, yeah. these guys had a huge sound. I love yeah. that. Yeah. No, uh, that was uh, the small town Titans with a tune called Me, Myself, and Monster. Um, yeah. <clears throat> they come out. They came out a couple years ago with a heavy metal version of Mr. Grinch. And, mm. <clears throat> and I put it on your... Uh, on your page, your Metal Mayhem page, and said, "Hey, you should see if you can play this." And but I so I know you've heard that one, but nobody understands yes. uh, these guys do so much stuff. That the Grinch is what got them broke through. Uh, me, myself, and Monsters on their current CD, but they've covered uh, they covered uh, Johnny Cash, Folsom Prison Blues. They've covered. Mm. Uh, <sighs> I mean, I I say this. They've got a ton of covers. They are every cover that they've done is fantastic. I'm gonna have to look it up here before I go because I've got to name some of the better songs that they've done. It won't take me long. Let's see. There it is. <laughs> now, while you're looking that up, I did listen to the Mister. I remember when you sent that. I didn't realize that was the same band. That yeah, same it, makes, it makes sense now because his voice has a deeper register from Mr. Grinch. Right. Oh, what the heck? And he was, was a Something he hit the higher there. registers in this song. So But yeah, Small Town Titans. What a great band. What a great find. Yeah. Um I've been real thrilled with them. Um because <clears throat> everything that I've heard him do is just incredible. Um, so yeah, you got Folsom Prison Blues, you got Hunger Strike. Um, that's actually Hunger Strike features another guy from another band that we'll be talking about called Blacktop Mojo. Mm. They're kind of another. Okay. Uh, these are just not really underground, but they're they're just they're up and coming. Is what they are. Um, uh, oh, there goes Fat Bottom Girls, which is a fantastic cover. Oh um, wow. They do the Piano Man, Tiny Dancer, Mr. Grinch. Um, uh, there's one by them called The Day That I Die, uh, Junkie For You, um, Toxicity, they cover, Spoon Man, which those aren't my favorites, but, um, but they just, I mean, 
they're not afraid to do a cover at all. And wow, they are incredible when they do. So I highly recommend people go out and listen to them. So oh, that that is great. Yeah, I, <coughs> that one tune, and then the Mr. Grinch tune. Yeah, I did listen to that in the past. Uh, very good. The guy, the lead singer, is very talented. But then for yeah. a three piece, they put out a huge sound. They do. They really do. They really do. Now you had suggested that we listen to. Uh, now I don't have it in front of me. But, sure. Uh, it's a band called Cobra and the Lotus, and this is yes. a Canadian band. And, yes. And um, the lead singer, well, I'll let you describe her for everyone. A very beautiful blonde. That's, uh, I'll tell you what, I was, uh, she's got the right look for me. <laughs> <laughs> she is not entirely hideous, is she? <laughs> yeah, she's, no, uh, no, not entirely. Not entirely. Not entirely. Not entirely at all. But, no, uh, uh, but so she's got it, some pipes, too, and she can sing. I've heard you play some of their other stuff on on your show, and I, I like that band a lot. <clears throat> um, I will say, after we talked last week, I downloaded three different Night Ranger albums, and uh, that's what I've been going crazy on. I don't even know if that's who I said I was going to listen to or not. I honestly don't know, but... <clears throat> but uh, I've got my, uh, I won't say I've got my fill of it, but I, it's always nice to kind of go back and listen to some of that stuff. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's Greg Crane. He suggested to everybody about Night Ranger, and he, he let us, he, he told right. us about a tune from the Bring It On The Mojo album, and it was called, I'll um, have to look it up. No, it was the but Man I, In Motion album. But, oh, uh, Man In Motion, that's right. The song was called Don't Think That I'm Alone Tonight. Right, yes. I did watch that uh, YouTube video. I listened to it. Yep. It is vintage, amazing, power ballad Night Ranger. It's amazing. Yes. Yep, I agree. I agree. So, uh, yeah, it, it's remarkable. It's a, If you like Night Ranger and that boy, and, and, and boy, the vocals for Night Ranger, whether it be Jack Blades or Brad Gillis or whoever singing, right. phenomenal. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, Night Ranger always delivers. Yeah, I don't know. I totally agree. Um, so, yeah. So yeah. yeah um, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, and really, when it comes down to our suggestions for, you know, who do we want you to listen to? So, Chad, I have a band that I am going to listen to, but I'm also, if you have a chance to look them up, it might take a bit. I don't even know if they have a YouTube video, but there is a band from Brazil, and of course I'm the guy that likes to look for different oh, yeah. stuff. I buy. I, I'm I'm old school. I still buy CDs. I support musicians. Yeah. You know, yeah. I want them to benefit. And I guess I got some different CDs, but then in the five dollar bin, if you get some, you you get some really <laughs> yeah. good deals. Absolutely. In the five dollar bin, <laughs> I found a band. They're from Brazil. And they are called Tempest, and it's T E M P E S, two T's in the end. Tempest with two T's oh, in the end. Oh, all right. And back in 2008, they came out with an album called "Bring 'Em On." Bring 'Em On. Okay. And it's the style of music, and again, I just got it. I'm going to be listening to it myself, but I've heard the first couple songs, and it's fantastic. It's like that. 
progressive heavy metal sound. If you're familiar with a right. band called uh, uh, Dream Theater, it's in that kind of okay. realm, and it's really okay. good. Cool. Very good. Very good. Uh, <clears throat> I was going to bring this up in a regular podcast, but I'm bringing it up anyway. Uh, I have to apologize to George Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> I've always kind of acted like I feel like he's probably kind of not easy to get along with. <clears throat> I have no basis for that. But <clears throat> <clears throat> sorry. I posted in the Metal Mayhem group earlier this week a link to them talking about if you want to see the original uh the group uh to throw enough money at us and we'll do it. And I thought that's and that came from George Lynch and I thought that sounded kind of cocky, but after I read it, he's like, you know, this isn't going to last forever. He says, I'm already, I already have atrophy in my hands from playing guitar for this long. And mm. quite honestly, I've said it before, George Lynch is my guitar hero. I hate, <laughs> I absolutely hate to hear that. So sorry to hear it, George. I wish you the best of luck. <clears throat> <clears throat> but that doesn't have anything to do with what I'm going to ask you to listen to. <clears throat> um, I'm pro- I am probably going to go find something really I need something that really rocks. We've talked about this before. Uh I stole it off your MySpace page. I'm going to be listening to uh, Dream Evil, The Book of Heavy Metal. That <clears throat> Oh yes. To look up Dream Evil, Book of Heavy Metal and watch the video. I stole it off a of Nat's MySpace MySpace page more than 10 years ago for the record. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. It has everything you ever wanted in a heavy metal band and a heavy metal video, and it it is incredible. <clears throat> but that's what I'm going to listen to, and I'm going to send you the link to this, Nat, and I'm going to make you listen to it. It's the probably okay one of the songs that you'll you might be able to listen to of his. This is a songwriter out of Austin, Texas. Um, his name is John Evans. Typically old school country um that kind of stuff rockabilly uh but he's got this one album and the album i think is called whiskey tango and mm. uh either that or it's called it might be something else i think it's actually rambling rambling boy is what the album is called but the song that i'm going to send you to listen to is a song called whiskey tango <clears throat> And it's interesting. It's a. It's kind of. A, it's a neat kind of rocking song. He's almost like a. He's he's a huge dude. He's like six foot four, and he's got the curly hair that's always flopping around, and the big, the big sideburns and stuff. He's won like songwriter of the year in Austin three or four year, different years, and uh, <clears throat> wow. In in his own, <clears throat> in his uh, you know world, he's he's something else, but. So there's there's a little more to this story, but I'm gonna that I'll send you the link. Whiskey Tango is the name of the song by the John Evans band out of Austin, Texas. And it's it's one of them that you'll be able to listen to for sure, but it's uh the thing that always I started listening to it and the timing seems like it's all off. You know, we talk about three three time, three four time, four four time. Yeah. And it's just like you'll start listening to this thing and nothing sounds like it belongs where it's supposed to. And then he starts singing, and and uh, it almost does remind me of kind of an Elvis Costello song. If you really want to get to listen to this guy, but anyway. Okay. Um, 
couple years back, he had a daughter that died, and she had a rare, very rare skin disease. And uh, it's one of those things where the, the, she was missing the gene that bonds your skin to your bones. So, like, literally, she could wipe the skin right off of her fingers if she wasn't careful. <clears throat> wow. Wasn't, spo- wasn't supposed to live very long. Uh, she died in 2013, and I can't remember exactly how old she was at that time. But mm. they did a documentary about her, and it's on Hulu right now. <clears throat> and it's called Butterfly oh. Girl. And J- John Evans makes some uh, appearances in it, and so does his wife. or I mean, Actually, it's his ex-wife, I'm pretty sure. But uh, I would highly recommend. It's, it's not a total tearjerker. It's a really interesting documentary. It's an hour and 13 minutes. Butterfly Girl. Find it on Hulu. It's the story of Abigail Evans. It's it's a uh, it's really neat. I watched it with my wife last night, and uh, it's a uh, it is sad, uh, but it was really impressive. What a f- fighter she was, and you know just how different her her life was. <clears throat> so anyway, <clears throat> uh, that's what I want. I want you to listen to is I'll, I'll and I'll get the. I'm not sure where I'll find it. I may have to get my old laptop out and dig the music file <laughs> out of it and email it to you or something, but I'll get you the song. Okay. So uh, That sounds good. I'll, I'll listen to it, and I will definitely remember the name of that gentleman because one of my best friends on this planet lives here in Alaska. His name's John Evans. John Evans. And he <laughs> is he's one of the administrators of the Metal Mayhem page as well. So. Oh, there you go. Well, there's, there's so. a little more to that story. John Evans, uh, Tina Ray introduced me to a band called the John Joyner Band. And the John Joyner started out playing drums for John Evans. Now, I was a huge John Joyner Band fan, and a lot of their songs on their demo CD were John Evans songs, and I didn't know it. So I loved their songs, and then I had to go back and find the guy that wrote them. And uh, John Evans is actually a good buddy of Hayes Carl. If you've never heard Hayes Carl, you're kind of missing out there, too. <clears throat> Hayes mm. Carl, I think his most famous song is a song called She Left Me for Jesus. and Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. There's a video for that, and it's, a, it's pretty fucking funny. It really is. But <clears throat> Okay. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting off on a tangent here, but uh, good podcast. I, I really didn't think that we were going to get this close to an hour, but we're almost there. <laughs> we are. Yeah, I tell you, it's, you know, we, we talk about different subjects that are you and I have commonality with, and it, it kind of branches and kind of blooms into other yep. things as well. So I've, I've really appreciated tonight. Yeah, it just grows. Yeah, no, I, I do too. I, I figured we could do it. I just, uh, yeah, we just start talking and it's, it's pretty cool. So... Anyway, I suppose it's time to go. I think it is. Yeah, we're right at one hour. And tell you what, we, we do want to thank everybody that uh, takes a listen to Walkman yes. Whisperers, especially those, uh, this program, which has a lot of near and dear stuff to us from the Panhandle area of the world as well, the Oklahoma Panhandle. Right. Yep. So, all right, Chad. Well, uh, if there's nothing else, I guess we're just going to, Say uh, adios to everyone. Have a great day and uh, take care of yourselves. You bet. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye.